guys welcome back to the it's not just a game podcast my name is Chrissy Sanders I'm your host uh today we're going to be talking um with Adrian Bueno uh she's a sports industry coach one of the good things about this podcast is what we want to do is take you behind the scenes of how the sports industry works how uh all the deals that you read about come together um and today we're going to be talking with Adrian who's been in the industry for a few years uh she's she's worked for a couple different teams and uh, she has a lot of insight to share. Adrian, what's going on? Not too much. You know, I'm I'm currently in Denver and there's a thunderstorm going on, but it's all good. <laughs> How you doing? It's just like Cleveland's, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, but, you know, you kind of have to just deal with the, the hailstorms in the middle of June, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy because literally last week, I think what we had, we had an uh, earthquake like Monday, then it was a tornado on Sunday. And then it was, it's crazy. It's, it's flash floods going on, you know, every other day. It's a lot going on, like living in the Midwest. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get all that in the past week, but, but I feel you on the, on the weather craze. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys, so you, you get like kind of, you, it's just like winter and summer. There is no real in between there. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just either blazing hot or you're just piled in a bunch of snow. So um, if you like skiing, this is the right place to be. Absolutely. I hear you. That's good. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, really appreciate it. It's always a good uh, you know, opportunity to speak with you. I love um, every time we get together. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. No problem. So you are a sports industry coach. What do, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. So the funny thing about um, this title is there's not really many people doing it. I know you recently had someone um, on on the show that that does do um, do help people and specifically women in the sports industry. Um, you know, really level up um, in in their careers. But but basically, a sports industry career coach is um, someone who helps people who either are aspiring to work in the sports industry or already established sports industry professionals who just really want to elevate um, themselves in their careers. And and for those who want to aspire or who are aspiring to work in the industry, um, helping them get get their foot in the door because. Um, I know for at least when, when I first started trying to get into the sports industry, I had zero connections, literally the like idea of working in sports. And I'm sure this is common for a lot of people is you're either an athlete, a professional athlete, or you are a broadcaster. And those two, um, you know, positions are probably what most people think of just because it's the most visible, but, um, you know, from, from over the years of my experience in different parts of the industry, um, that that's hardly the case. And, you know, 99.9% of the jobs are, are everything in between that, which is, you know, the social media behind it, which I know, which is really, you know, catching, um, uh, really growing in the industry nowadays. But, but besides that, it's the marketing, it's the, uh, people who represent the athletes and, um, you know, there's, there's literally everything under the sun that you could think of in, in sports. And, um, I, at least my hope with my um, with my business is to help people, you know, understand that there's different opportunities outside of just being like a broadcaster or um, or just an agent, 
and then also um, it, transferring their skills and 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 basically just understanding how to get um, get their skills and 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 themselves in front of the right people so they know how to um, influence um, opportunities to come their way. Right. Um, so guys, um, people, you guys who are watching this, I just want to just say up front, um, this is going to be something that you should probably maybe stop and get a, uh, a notepad because like, she's going to really give you a lot of, uh, a lot of information that you can really kind of use to get your career started. So like Adrian, when, um, when I was coming up in school, like people always thought that like, number one, everybody watches Jerry Maguire and, you know, and ballers and everything like that. And they're like, I want to be a sports agent. Show me the money. They, they think it's like, <laughs> you know, not all these things or, and like most people know that you either kind of room with an athlete or you're an accountant or, or an attorney. And that's how you usually kind of get into the sports industry or you get kind of like stuck off in like ticket sales or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, so what would you kind of like say about uh, how can people go about understanding, you know, what's really available to them, not just those things? No, that's a that's a really great question and a really important point that um, I think a lot of people get held up on. And, you know, the first thing that you said is a lot of people feel like you need to know a player to, you know, become somebody or or, you know, your dad owns a team or whatever. Like, you know, for the most part, that is not the case for a lot of people. And that thought and mentality right there is already holding back 99 percent of the people who want to get in the industry. And the truth is, is that's that's not the case. Most people do not know, you know, a professional athlete or, um, you know, a sports agent or whatever. They're, they're, um, you know, doing other things to get there. And um, in terms of how to go about that, um, I think the first thing a lot of people need to do is really narrow down what their goals are. Because um, I have so many people come to me and say, hey, Adrian, I want to work in sports. And I say, okay, what do you want to do? And then they say anything that's a terrible answer. <laughs> and the reason behind that is because if you say that you're willing to do any type of sports job, that doesn't help anyone. That means you're, you're, um, you know, you're, you're not, um, you're not specific. You don't have like a, a niche per se. And that's, that's not good for you because if you, if you say I'll do anything, then, then when you, let's say, go talk to someone who works in sports and then they say, Hey, what do you want to do? And you say, I'll do anything. Then, then they don't know where to, to direct you to. And because of that, then, um, then you, the opportunities will never come. So first things first, focus on what your current skill set is. And if you don't have that skill set, let's say you want to, you know, be, be in marketing, um, um, don't, don't do something that's not marketing related. And, um, and then, and then another thing on top of that, I think everyone likes to shoot for the, the top, like the top organization and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that a lot of people miss out on so many opportunities that are right in front of them um, because they're trying to shoot for, I don't know, let's say for me, for example, the NBA um, when, you know, I worked at the NBA, but, but I didn't just decide that I wanted to work in sports. Like from the moment I decided that, and then just immediately worked at the NBA, I, I worked my way up. So at first, and this, this is, you know, um, I guess advice for anyone who wants to get their foot in the door, 
volunteer, do stuff for free. I know you, I know everyone, you know, doesn't want to do stuff for free and sure you might have, you know, a degree or whatever, or you, you know, a lot of people have come to me also and said that they have, um, you know, sports, sports business, um, sports business degrees, or they went to a sports management school and they graduated with that degree. That, that doesn't mean anything because when, and I know this might sound controversial and it might hurt some people's feelings, but, but the reality is, is when you graduate or when you get to that point where you're looking for a job, everyone else has already had that same, you know, bare minimum requirement. So if you're not getting experience, then nothing else matters. So volunteer and get, get, get your face in front of people who, who are the ones that are going to be um, making those de- decision ma- decision making um, um, decisions for for basically any jobs that are out there. And uh, go ahead. It's so funny that you should say that though, because I really think, and when you and I, when we first talked like a couple of months ago, um, like I told you before, I ended up changing my major to journalism. Like I'm a recovering sports management major. And, and like, I think like to a degree, people don't really understand that. Like, I don't, I don't want to knock it, but like, I don't think that people should major in sports management. I think, like you said, they should focus on whatever it is that they're interested in. It, whether it's finance, whether it's marketing, whether it's whatever, you know what I mean? Uh, sports medicine. And then I think that they should like kind of like hone in on that craft, but just do it in sports because that's what kind of benefit benefited me the most. Like when I ended up just like leaving school and um, and I just went so deep into marketing, you know, becoming a marketing director and everything like that, that led me to sports more than actually, you know, the major and so like, what do you think about sports management degrees? Okay. So, um, I, I didn't have a sports management degree and, um, to be completely frank with you, like my major has nothing to do with sports, business, marketing, communications, none of the typical business, uh, acumen. My major was world arts and cultures and that, oh, and it, and it is, you know, it was very artsy. Um, you know, we were doing a lot of, um, you know, acting and I'm, I'm not an actor at all. So I was, you know, kind of struggling in it, but, but to, I guess to get to the bottom of it is it doesn't really matter what you major in because for me, in my case, I went from, um, working with, um, working with my school at UCLA's athletic department and the student recruiting to, working with the um, Fox Sports and, the, and marketing, so in the media landscape to working at the NBA um, and and doing two internship rotations there. And then and then after that, getting hired there full time and also in uh, with the LA Clippers on the team side and community relations and and player programs. So my major didn't have any impact, I don't believe, in my um, experience because um, because because I went out of the way and and chose to really focus on my experience route because I knew that if I was able to get the experience that, that my major didn't matter. And by the time I was, you know, sophomore, junior in college, I, it was too late for me to really change my major. I didn't want to because I was getting the experience anyway. So if you're getting a sports management degree right now, or even if you're not just focus on getting experience before, you know, before you graduate, because, um, there's nothing worse than saying that you graduated with a sports management degree, but doesn't, but don't have any internship or, or volunteer experience in sports to back it up. So that's really important that um, I, I guess for, for sports management degrees or otherwise. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. And um, so you did a lot of different internships and you uh, had a lot of different jobs. Like, how would you say people have to kind of go about, you know, hustling in the sense? Because, you know, the sports industry is super competitive. Like I said, people, it's long hours. It's a lot of work. Um, and a lot of people don't really realize that they they just want to be associated with something. You know, they're like, oh, you know, I want to I want to work. I want to work at the Lakers or whatever it may be. They want to just have that on their resume. So how, how would you say, um, you know, your hustle kind of attributed to the opportunities that you were able to create for yourself? Yeah, um, I think I think hustle is underestimated and people, you know, don't don't realize how important it is. Um, you know, just to give you some background on me, I'm a, I'm a first generation college graduate. So no one else in my family, uh, you know, before my before my other sister and I had gone to college. So, um, you know, even just getting to that point was was was, was a hustle. Um, and in college, I was consistently juggling three jobs simultaneously while being a full time student. Um, my entire four years of college. And that, that is a fact. And, um, and I think that, that people like to get comfortable. And, and I think that a lot of times, um, if you're, if you're not doing everything that you can to stand out, then, then that's not going to be enough for sports. And I like to compare it to being a professional athlete. Pro athletes do not get there by accident. Everyone likes to think, oh, like their job's so glamorous, blah, blah, blah. But they really do be putting in a lot of work behind the scenes, you know, practicing their entire lives are revolved around, you know, getting that recovery in so they're not injured for the next play. Like same thing could be said for, for sports business professionals or aspiring sports business professionals. Um, you, you need to put in that hustle and work behind it because um, if you're not doing everything, then then you shouldn't be you know, working at sports at all because they're going to sports sports industry is going to require a lot of you. And um, like I said, and, you know, like, you know, it's not it's not all that glamorous. Right. And then I think people uh, really don't understand how many no's that you get as well. A lot of times um, because well, I remember when I was uh, when I was younger and this was even before like sports, I was thinking about. Um, when you're just kind of a, a young graduate in the job market and then like, you know, and I'm sure that if you're going after sports, it's probably like, you know, 10x times the rejections. And I think people need to really kind of understand about hustling strategically so that they can um, like, you know, getting with people like you and, and really so they can understand how to kind of commit this thing so that they can, you know, be successful, you know, and, and just really understand that, if you don't you don't put in the work behind it no matter who you know no matter who your dad is no matter what like i always try to tell people like yeah who you know can maybe get you in the room but what you know and what you do and what you can bring will keep you in that room because you know it's a a tough world out here so like you you were doing art history so like how did you even get interested in sports like and and wanting to do that for a career yeah, I mean, for me, um, I grew up playing basketball and um, I grew up at the YMCA. My dad used to work there and um, and people listening don't know this, but I'm, I'm 5'2". So I'm pretty sure my college um, athletic career was that was actually never an idea for me. But but what had happened was when I was growing up, even to a 
to the day I graduated high school, I actually hated watching sports. I only ever liked playing sports. So I guess my, my, uh, my passion for sports is just a little different, or I guess sports business is a little different than most people who grew up watching it and just loving watching the game. But, but once I graduated high school and then went to, you know, a D one school that, that has like, you know, really good, great athletes and, um, you know, fortunately a good sports program, um, I, that was when I realized once I was there that I had this void missing in me um, that I needed to get filled. And it, it was me being near sports. And, and for me, I realized that I needed to, to be in the sports industry because, because of that void. And um, I, I found that by joining my, um, my, uh, this, my school students fan club, which is called the um, UCLA, the den. And, um, and, and what I noticed was when I was, you know, just so just or, or just a normal member in the club, um, there was there was opportunity uh, opportunities to you know really elevate the club because it was relatively small at the time. But um, I noticed that they had a, a void that um, they needed to have a better relationship with the student athletes and getting those the athletes more involved in um, the marketing communications for you know upcoming games and um, just just involving the athletes in the process because. Um, the student fan group is just pr- is pretty much promoting all the games, but there was just like this missing, um, I guess, liaison opportunity. And, and it was something I realized. And once I, you know, got my, got my um, foot in the door with, with the club to, to create that position. And then um, from there, just, you know, working my way up the, the ladder um, was when I realized mm-hmm. like, this is the industry I, I needed to be in. Yeah, that that's really amazing. Um, that's pretty awesome. So, like you know, you so then you start getting into the industry. You had really great internships, all that other stuff. So, how did you end up like deciding to like go into a, a like start coaching? Like, what made what made you passionate to start a coaching business? Yeah. So um, when when I was working at the NBA. Um, uh, and even before that, um, a lot of people yeah, would come. You make some badass YouTube videos too. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, for for me, what what had happened was that um, I I I actually did a lot of googling and searching on on YouTube and stuff to try to find like, okay, how do you work in sports? And I was coming up with nothing other than like. Um, you know, how to be a professional player, athlete, or, or, you know, how to be an agent, which, which is still really cool and important, but I just wanted like, okay, how do I just get my foot in the door? And, and there wasn't really like any like fantastic resources out there. And, and then another thing um, that occurred was a lot of people would come to me, um, you know, from different sectors and in, um, you know, whatever part they were in their lives and journeys to, to wanting to work in sports. And, um, and they would come to me for advice and I would basically just give them my all as much advice as I could in terms of like resume support or how to prepare for their interview or how to networking, how to network with the right people, um, at a different, different or sports organizations. And, and I just, I fell in love with it because I, I knew what it was like. I knew the struggle. I didn't, I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any connections. I had, I had nothing, you know? So, so I, I, I could really relate to a lot of people who, who are in that same boat. So, um, what had happened was when I would tell these people advice, they would, you know, they would go ahead and take it and then, then come back like two, two months later, Hey, agent, I got the internship or I got the job. And it's just like, Oh snap, something clicked. Like there's, there's, there's this opportunity out there where 
everyone needs help to want to work in sports and no one's, you know, no one's really there right now. So, um, so I went ahead and started my, my business and I've been able to help people land internships and jobs and, you know, different spaces in the sports industry. And it's, it's, it's been really awesome. Yeah, that, that is, that is really huge. And uh, I absolutely love that you were doing that because even when you and I first talked, that's what you and I were talking about. The the industry is always like, there's no help for people to really understand like how to get involved. And, you know, when it is, it's like, Oh, go do ticket sales or some random, like, you know, run around and like throw beer at people, like, you know, whatever, not throw beer. At people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. You know, it, it's like, it's always like a very kind of like, you know, easy to kind of get in the door type of job. But I think like to a degree, you know, people are really looking at, you know, how do I have a true career in sports, which is nothing wrong with ticket sales. If like that, if you have a passion for that, but I think it's just more, uh, to the to the industry than that and a lot of people just don't know how to get started and I absolutely love that you were like hey you know what I'm gonna carve out a niche and I'm gonna help people and and I'm gonna bring value to their lives um and I absolutely love what you're doing too because the more education people have the better the better the quality of people that come into the industry you know what I mean because I think to a degree when you're just you know, when you don't really know or or you're just kind of like following what the, the media portrays the industry to be like, it's never going to you, you don't really have the quality that you could. So I love the education piece that like you're providing. So like how how is it that you kind of like so what's kind of take me through how people, you know, if just say, if I wanted to hire you, you know, how, how does it work and, and kind of what, what do we work on and how long is it and what happens? Yeah. So, um, pretty much what happens is, um, you know, people who are interested in, in working with me would, um, you know, apply to, to doing a discovery call with me. And we, that's where we really break down what their, you know, what their why is and why they want to work in sports and, and, um, and uh, before I actually go into a lot more, I really do want to say this one point is, um, you know, a lot of people say that they're passionate about sports. And I think passion is such a, you know, to have a passion for the industry is, is vital. It's literally the core to why anyone works in sports. But because, you know, that's a core, it's the core to anyone working in sports. That's, you know, that's in a way it's a minimum requirement. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get lost in the fact that they think that their passion's enough to work in the industry. And, um, you know, during that discovery call is where we, where we really break down like, okay, you're passionate about the industry, but, but what else? So, you know, what skills do you bring to the table? What, what skills do you really want to develop? And, and, you know, what organizations are, are, are calling, are you, are you really interested in? And, um, and then, you know, how, how much time and, uh, will you invest in this? Because uh, looking for a job is is really a job in itself, and um, I think people underestimate how much time it could take to to find that right opportunity from from literally you know creating the applicate your application and resume to actually getting the job offer, and that could be a long process for a, for a lot of these you know large sports organizations. So. Um, yeah, so so pretty much we we you know talk about all the goals that that they're looking to accomplish and then um and and you know I don't take everyone because not everyone's the right fit either and I think that's an important 
you know, and, and that goes, you know, it's a two way street for, for me and for them. And then also, you know, when, even when they're going to interview, it's like, okay, not every job that you're going to, to be interviewing with is, is the place for you. And, and you'll know it when you see it. So, um, it's, it's really breaking down what, what those, um, what those needs are. And then from there, um, you know, if, if we decide to move forward is, um, you know, working together on, on creating that entire game plan on how you're going to execute from, um, from your networking strategies to, to, to leverage how, how you can connect with the right people to find the right opportunities for you. And then, um, you know, the other layer of it, which everyone I feel like needs help with is, is their resumes. I think, um, nowadays the internet's actually kind of terrible with this in terms of providing the right type of resume, um, creation, because I guess like the design and stuff, because everyone likes to make it look flashy and it's like, okay, that resume is literally not going to get seen period because there's too much there's stuff going on. <laughs> not a flyer. Like, I mean, so besides like the whole graphic designer, like, you know, degree resumes that you see, like people want to put their face on it and then they want to make it an infographic and then make it funny. Like, so what, <laughs> so I know, you know, so what are like some of the common mistakes that you see on resumes? Oh man, there's just, there's so many. It's, <laughs> it's like, where do I start? But, but the, the main ones you mentioned, it was the face, like never, ever put your face on a resume. If you want them to see your face, like put your LinkedIn profile, link it because half of or not, you know, everyone, everyone that's going to be looking at your resume from like a recruiter perspective is probably going to have that digital version version. So just put your LinkedIn profile there. They'll click it and then they'll go to your, your profile and see your face, you know? So, um, so that's definitely number one. And just including your LinkedIn in general. Um, another thing is, is I think unless you're applying for a senior level role, you shouldn't have a resume longer than one page, like ever. Um, (laughs) I don't care what, if you're applying for a manager role, like just keep it to one page. It don't gotta be longer than that. Um, uh, Another thing is quantifiable data. I think that people underestimate, um, you know, how how much they can bring to their resume and, and really, you know, back it up with the stats that, that, um, you know, they've accomplished in the role. So let's say, for example, if it's a sales position, um, you know, how much, how much money did you bring into the organization that, that you're working at or, or, you know, whether it be ticket sales or whatever. Um, and if not, like if you're on the social media side or, or even like, you know, client representation side, like how many clients do you represent? What do you, you know, how much money did you save your company by reducing, you know, X number of, um, you know, whatever issues that might, that you may have discovered that, that you could just really, um, effectively integrate into your resume. I think that a lot of people miss out that miss out on that quantifiable data that really just back up, like, yes, I'm qualified for whatever it is you're trying to, um, you know, apply for. Yeah. I noticed that, like, I noticed like a lot of people just kind of like, go at the resume kind of thing in a real generic way or they like put all this like dumb shit excuse my language it's like you know number one it's like you know I am I am a robust and dynamic marketing professional and I love long walks on the beach with my daughter you know what I mean and I get it you know that especially like our generation like people like to be real and be funny but but I think people don't realize like 
the sports industry is a job. It's a business. Like, it's just like if you go into like steel working, whatever the case may be, it's just an industry. Like, so, I mean, you don't have to like do like, I am like the number one Lakers fan. We don't care. Like, I mean, what can you bring to the table? And like, I think that is so huge. And another thing that like you, you also mentioned before when we talked about a lot of people don't realize that a lot of sports jobs aren't even in sports, right? Like they'll be at JP Morgan, like, like mine, I was at BMW mm-hmm. and I was like sponsoring the PGA tour and all these things like with, with the Browns. And so like, like, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, before I jump into that, I, I do want to say one more huge thing about resumes that I think, you know, Please. so many people miss out on. Uh, and this is huge is, and this is something I discovered on my own when I was applying to, you know, all these different jobs and I wasn't hearing back. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, listening can can relate to this is you're applying, you're applying, you're not hearing back and, you, you know, you're putting all these hours into it and you're, you don't, you know, not getting any results. But, but the thing that the number one thing that I changed that changed everything for me was actually customizing my resume to every single job that I apply for. Sure, it's a little bit more time consuming. But if you're applying to all these jobs anyways, and you know, a lot of them make you go through like some painstaking process of literally, you know, putting the same stuff that you have on your resume and like different little, uh, I guess, like points on, you know, in the application process. But, but if you don't customize your resume to, you know, different organizations, then they're, they're not even going to look at it because um, there's this thing called, um, um, an ATS, which is the applicant tracking system. And every, most organizations have it where, you know, you apply, there's thousands of applications that go in and only a handful come out. And the reason why only a handful come out is those few have very tailored, um, tailored descriptions in the resume um, that's falls in line with what's listed on the job description. And that that's just something I do really want to share because I think a lot of people miss out on that. And um, that's really the make or break from from hearing back or not. So how do you how would how do you feel about kind of like not only applying but people connecting with you know people on LinkedIn or or Twitter or whatever it is you know and 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 trying to push the resume through mm-hmm. like you know how do you feel about kind of the using social media to get in the door Yeah, have you noticed? That work or is that invasive or what are your thoughts? Yeah, so it really it depends. So um, I, I will use myself my my example, but but for me when I was in college, I I really wanted to work at the sports agency. It's BDA Sports Management, and um, they represent you know different different NBA players from you know Clay Thompson and Yaming and um, you know otherwise. But but for for two years, I was like reaching out on their contact page to find out about internships. And there was literally nothing there. And it was so frustrating. Um, so what I did instead is I, you know, went to, went to LinkedIn, found the person that, that was working there. And what had happened was that I was just going in for an informational interview. I had met with her in person and we were just, you know, having a conversation, but what it, you know, what it came out as is a job offer for, for an internship. And I, you know, I didn't, you know, really, you know, in the back of my mind, like that was, you know, the goal, but I wasn't necessarily being super out front about, you know, Hey, I want this internship. It was, it was more so like, let me just understand your organization and what your goals are. And, you know, during the conversation, 
um, you know, I was able to, to pinpoint different, different ways that they could, you know, improve, um, you know, different elements of their organization. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a college student. I don't know that much, but, but the fact that I was, you know, trying to actively provide value instead of um, asking for an internship out front, what I think was what helped me get the internship in the end. So um, the biggest thing I would say is to actually just give as much value as possible before, um, you know, trying to ask for anything. I love that. And I think you're being like super modest about it, but you are like a ninja. You are awesome. dude. You're like, Hey, like, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hustle on LinkedIn, do the informational and then walk out, close the deal. I love that. (laughs) No, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a skill that I think that a lot of people, um, can, can learn and, and flex and grow. And, um, it, you know, doesn't necessarily come natural at first, but, um, you know, this is this is actually something I tell my clients that um, I think is actually just extremely valuable for anyone who's listening is um, is, is this um, kind of three step approach to, to anyone that you're networking with that you you know eventually hope for for a job opportunity is one focus on the people who would be making the hiring decision. So, you know, if you're starting out and you just want to understand, you know, what you know, what that role is like, you could ask someone who's in a, in a similar position. But, but if you're trying to get hired, you need to go for the person that's one level above the um, position that you're, that you're, you know, interested in. And, and then from there, um, you know, get, get to the informational interview stage. And um, before you, you know, before you do that, you're, you know, liking all their stuff on, on LinkedIn or whatever social platforms that, that they're leveraging. Um, And then, um, and then maybe even sending them articles on, something interesting that, you know, is happening in the industry, just basically giving them stuff before you even ask for anything. And then, you know, once you get to the informational interview stage, the number one question that you should ask is, you know, what's the number one challenge or, or, you know, biggest goal that your company has right now or department or whatever. And Mm -hmm. that question's huge because from that point you can really dissect, okay, this is the goal that they have. And, you know, you're kind of going through the informational interview, just talking to them, whatever. And then at the end of that, you're like, okay, here's their problem that they're facing or goal or whatever. What skill set do I have and bring to the table that I could just give to them for free? And then you just create, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm giving a lot of information very, you know, in a short period of time, but but basically create a quick pitch deck, deck on where they are in the company, what they could be doing better with your, um, you know, with, with your solution based off of the problem that they had and then just give it to the person and then say, Hey, I'd love to you know, run this by you. And, and, you know, again, not asking for a job, just giving them ways that they can, you know, make their company a little so bit better. In the interview, or are you doing this like in the follow-up? Because I want people to like, kind of understand like what's happening. Yeah. So like, you know, yeah, this would be, so how- I would say this would be in the follow-up. So um, it wouldn't be during, you know, during your chat. This would be all after the fact because you, you know, you want to make the this little pitch deck look cool, um, mm-hmm. and and you know, as valuable as possible. But um, but yeah, just go ahead and give it to them, email it to them, and and from that point, you'll be able to, you know, they'll then they'll be able to tell you like, oh, hey, there's this position that's open <laughs> that you should apply for, and then you say, okay, thanks, and then boom, there's your recommendation. <laughs> Right, right. So um, how would you say, like, that's so true. I absolutely love that. So how, how do you say, like, okay, you know, they've gotten to that point, but even before they get to that point, like, 
how would you kind of like, what would you tell the person that's like, you know, they always kind of like mentally shoot themselves in the foot before they even like try. Right. So like, you know, a lot of times, you know, contact and decision makers is not always easy for a lot of people, you know what I mean? And it's like, but they'll have a dream. They know that they can bring value to it, but they don't necessarily have the confidence. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, a million people reach out, blah, blah, blah. Like, and they're always kind of talking themselves out of it. Like, so how would you kind of, you know, kind of give them advice for how to reach out and get past that? Yeah. So, you know, if, 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 for a lot of people, it's scary to just kind of jump right to the top. <laughs> so, um, you know, first things first is actually to reach out to at least 100 people in sports in positions that you're interested in, not just any position, but oh, positions you said, you're interested you in. You said 100? 100 people, at least. Okay, not not just one and quit, right? Like, I just want to be clear for the audience. She didn't say just one and it didn't work out. And like, now let's pack it in. You said 100? 100 people. That's okay. Like, okay, go ahead. I just wanted to just make sure. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's very important. I think even, you know, in the job process, everyone gets so hooked up on, oh, I have this one interview, so I'm just going to stop applying to any other job. And that's like the mentality that, 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 you know, sets you up for, for, for losing. Um, so like you said, it could be hard to reach out to, you know, the top dogs first. So go ahead and reach out to 100 people on LinkedIn in positions Mm -hmm. that you're, that you specifically want to be in. So I'm not talking about 10 years from now, I'm talking about right now. And, and that this is specifically for people who just, you know, don't know where to start. Um, because those people may be a little more accessible. They're, they're more, um, you know, re, uh, you know, more early in their career that they, you know, have, um, you know, have more of a connection with you in terms of, you know, that having that starting point right. and, um, and, and really taking it from there because, and Oh, <laughs> another thing about LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is actually one of my favorite ways to, to, you know, use for, for, um, for, for my clients is always, 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 always every single time, create a custom message for the people you're trying to connect with on LinkedIn. I cannot stress this this enough because everyone does, doesn't do it. And when they do do it, it's generic and it's, and it's tacky and I'm not going to, well, yeah, I used to not accept them, but now I do because I know people still need help with that process, but, but don't do it if you're trying to actually network with someone in a role that you want. You know, it's so funny that you should say that because like I even see so many people in sales, like even outside of sports, like I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but like yeah. even just say if people are randomly trying to sell you tickets, there it's just like, you know, they send you this canned thing, like whatever it is, like they're like, Hey Bob, and you're like a female. And you're like, Hey Bob, <laughs> haven't seen you in any games lately. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> Oh man, those ones are the worst. Or, or it's like, hey, I see you do, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then 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 you see their job descriptions, like helping, for at least my case, helping career coaches with. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, well, I know you copy and pasted that, so you could have at least right. gone to my web. This is this is the oh another thing too is um, since we're on this topic of you know like oh I don't know what to say to make a custom or whatever is literally go to their LinkedIn profile and I know a lot of people are scared of this because it's like oh no they're gonna know I looked at their profile who cares like who freaking cares? 
Gosh, yeah. So yeah, I do. I want you to know because, like, I think what people don't realize is like it's an opportunity for, for to peak interest. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, to a degree, like when you get a little notification, like so and so build your profile. Like, people are people, so they're like, oh, who views my profile? <laughs> so you know, it's gonna make them interested in you, and you don't know what you know they might see on your profile that may may say, oh, I was just in an HR meeting. We're looking for this, you know. So. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like all stealthy all the time. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm like, I know it kind of, the networking kind of feels like dating, but in this case, like you want them to know that you're looking, you know? So, oh, yeah, um, yeah, so, so, you know, go to their profile, look at what they've done in their past work, like even like some previous projects or whatever it is, and then create the message and customize it and very, be very specific that you're talking to that one person, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that, that like will, will skyrocket, you know? Um, them, you know, more likely to notice you and accept your, um, you know, your friend request. And then additionally, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of just going on a rant because I'm trying to give, give you guys as much as I can while we're here. Um, but when, when you get that request accepted, follow up immediately because um, that message could really get lost in, in the sauce, like straight up. So right. yeah, you just, you, you got to respond and say, Hey, thanks for the request. Like, you know, then continue the conversation from there. Exactly. And that's when like finding a job and networking isn't like dating. Like, you know, a lot of times people are like, I don't want to look thirsty. Like you need to look dehydrated. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. You know I mean? Hard. <laughs> like, you know, hey, thanks for thanks for accepting. Um, I just wanted to follow up. Yeah. You know, like, heck yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. So mm-hmm. speaking of follow up, like, okay, like what would you say are like some of the things, the mistakes that you see people make when they're following up with people about, you know, employment or anything? Like what what like what are the top mistakes that you see and things? No, that's a good one. Um I guess like this phrase didn't used to bother me until I realized how terrible it sounded, but don't ask people to like pick their brain. Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> um, because that, I don't know. It's just like, you're going to prode and like, pro, like, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't sound right. You know? <laughs> um, and I don't know. It's like, you just, you just don't want to say that. It just doesn't sound good. So, um, you said before it's not specific like people have a million things on their plate and then you're like hey you know can I pick your brain on this it's like dude like ask a specific question like like what do you mean like you know pick your brain you know literally yeah and and if you don't know why you're asking someone for something or contacting them you shouldn't be reaching out to them like again only contact people that you know you have a specific you know reason to be reaching out to them and um and I think that that's a big one but but another thing is like uh, actually I see this and um LinkedIn posts all the time and I'm just like why do people do this but they they literally and this is like you know verbatim is like hey I need a job here's my here's my resume and just like no context on what your goals are no context on what type of positions you're looking for like Nothing. And I think people feel like because they're not being specific, it gives them more opportunities for jobs to come their way. But that actually does the reverse. It, you're, you know, you're, you're nothing to no one. You're master, you're, you're master of none, you know? So like, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't get to, you know, get whatever it is you're trying to get. Just be specific, you know? And, and I mm-hmm. think, think that's pretty important. 
Right, right. So, um, okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So, like, and I don't know if you've ever had this before, because I can imagine you see a lot of college graduates. But, like, for example, I have a friend, and he's a uh, he's trying to transition like out of finance, and he wants to like work at Major League Baseball. Like, so, like, how would you say like a person that's just like, hey, look, I did zero related to sports like at all, like, but you know, it was kind of my audacious dream. I never had the, you know, courage to kind of go at it. And now I do. So like how, so how would you say a person kind of get their foot in the door when they're kind of coming from like, you know, they're 32, they're mid-career and they want to make a change in the sports? Yeah. So, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of, um, you know, I think, you know, everyone has, has big dreams and goals. And I think you need to, to, be humble enough and to to recognize that because you're starting from the ground up, you may and most likely not will be in that, you know, end goal position today or tomorrow or next year or even two years from now or more. Right. It's it's gonna be, you know, those baby steps to 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 grow and um, you know, without knowing all the specifics with, with your friend in finance and if he if he, you know, it was like an accountant there are accountants in sports, you know? So what you want to do in, in that type of scenario is actually contact the accountants who work at the MLB or, you know, different sports organizations, um, you know, whether it be San Francisco Giants or, or A's. I'm from the Bay Area, so I'm just <laughs> listing, listing my teams out, out there. Uh, but, but um, you know, reach out to people who, who are doing things that, that you, you know, want to do. And, and, you know, again, it, it might not necessarily be asking for a job, but just to understand like their process. Uh, because without having, you know, some, some frame of reference, it, it could be very challenging. Um, so I guess there's two pieces of advice is, you know, be, be ready to start from the bottom. And if that for you, for, or for, for your friend's case, like, you don't necessarily have to work at an MLB team. You can work in minor league baseball and there's so many opportunities there. And, and even when I was working at the NBA, I was in the G league department where I was doing so many different, um, you know, responsibilities because it's, you know, it's much more smaller scale. So you have to wear more hats. And in that case, that's where your friend can get all their experience starting right. you know, with, with the minor league baseball or, or, you know, even, you know, one step below that would, you know, whatever, whatever that is like AAA or whatever, then, then climb, climb the ranking rankings, you know? Right. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So like that, that's really great for, I think people to kind of understand that like, number one, like, you know, even if you've had like great experience in another industry, like you might have to take a lower level, you know what I mean? To get in the door and then work your way back up. And it's nothing wrong with starting over. Um, you know, if that's what you want to do and, you know, kind of really opening your mind to see different opportunities. Well, Adrian, I really, I mean, this has been so great. Like, I don't want to like, you know, get into, uh, you know, we're basically, you know, asking you like all of your secrets, but you really (laughs) shared like a lot uh, with us. And I really hope that you guys were taking notes because, you know, she really, you know, gave you a lot of information that you can kind of use. And, you know, if you listen to this podcast and you can't go get a job, then, you know, listen again. So so where can like people find you so that they can kind of connect with you, hire you, um, you know, 
things like that. Yeah. So um, you guys can find me on LinkedIn um, and at, and at my website at um, adrianbueno.com. And I think that in the title, you'll be able to see the spelling. So um, so you can find me there, but A-D-R-I-E-N-E-B-U-E-N-O.com. And then also just search me up on LinkedIn, um, send me your a request and make sure it's customized. Tell me that you listen to the podcast so I know that you are on here. And then, um, and then we could continue the conversation. I love it. I love it. So Adrian Bueno, she's a sports coach. And um, so definitely connect with her. Um, And you also had some other stuff that you were launching recently. So what's going on with that? Yeah. So um, I've been working with a a professional football player on basically creating an online football training platform where um, where where any athlete, um, you know, young or old, but but specifically targeted towards youth and, and the parents of these athletes who, you know, really want to take their, their football skills and just athletic skills in general to the collegiate and, you know, even eventually pro level. Uh, but, but this online course basically covers, covers everything from, you know, how to get recruited by college scouts, um, how to, how to, you know, really focus on your weight training or field training. And, and, and I was really focusing, focused on the, the marketing efforts and, and, um, you know, to this day, just, just with the overall social media strategy and, and, um, content plan, as well as, um, as well as like the website, but, but this is, it's a really special project to me because, um, again, we, um, you know, this player and I discussed how, in, in sports there, it seems like playing pro, um, you know, pl- playing at the pro level for any athlete, it's kind of a secret. Like, even though, you know, the social media is out there and, and, you know, you can look up YouTube videos on, you know, how to train like a pro for a week or whatever. <laughs> but, but the reality is, is you don't really know what they're doing. Like everything that they're, that you see on social media is not the full landscape of it. And, and the, the, you know, ideation behind it is really breaking down like, okay, what are the, what are the core things from an athlete athlete perspective do, you know, these kids and, and, you know, aspiring professional athletes have to do to get to that point. So that's a current project that I'm working on. I'm super excited about. And um, I think it's going to, you know, make a big change in, in, um, in a lot of, you know, youth athletes lives. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, you guys make sure that you kind of like follow Adrian so that you can kind of see when that drops, because that's going to definitely be a game changer um, for athletes and and young athletes to really kind of understand what what all it takes to put themselves together as a package, kind of as they kind of go up through the ranks will be like amazing, you know, and I might need to utilize that just, you know, so I can get you know, beach ready. No, but yeah. I mean, it, it, sorry. I know before you go, like just some backstory about this, this athlete, he, he, um, his name's Marcus Rios and pretty much he's been through like the craziest life story ever. Um, so when, when we were in college, um, so we went to school together. Um, he, he actually got super sick. He, he almost died actually from a really rare condition known as aspergillus and, um, and this is, you know, why, why he was a football athlete at UCLA and, and what had, um, you know, what had happened is, is, you know, he's, he, he completely lost his vision in one eye and, and, um, you know, on the bridge of death. And, and then these um, doctors realized, you know, that he had this rare condition and, you know, he lost 50 pounds in the hospital, which is, you know, a lot for an athlete to lose. And, um, and while there, he, you know, built, built his body up, he, he his athletic skills were pretty much gone 
muscles, weight, all that. And, you know, he built it, built himself up from scratch. And, you know, ever since then, this, this entire program is basically involving all the processes and, you know, starting from literally ground zero to being a pro athlete. So it, it really will create, you know, a lot of waves for, for people who are, you know, it doesn't really matter what you're trying to do. If you're trying to get strong, if you're trying to get healthy and, you know, be the best version of yourself, this is it. I love it. I love it. Like that, that's definitely huge. Um, you know, um, when you were talking, um, I was just thinking to myself, like, I mean, I can imagine, you know, because athletes usually they kind of like, you know, like their body, all of that is their entire livelihood. And so like, I couldn't imagine like you go from being like a top, you know, kind of cornerback and then like you get this disease and wow, that's, that must've been like really stressful. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, it, I mean, for, for him, it's like, I, I'm really excited to really just get a story out too. Cause, um, it's just, it's, it's incredible to see like someone who's, you know, gone from, from, from that to, and like the craziest, I think the most craziest stat about this is like, there's only ever been 12 people with this condition in the entire world. And he's the wow. only survivor. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that, that that's a plan. That that's a plan from the Most High. Then, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, I mean, you're doing so many wonderful things, and um, I really am super excited um about like you know the new company that you're launching, um, your sports business. Like, I believe like in ten years you are gonna be killing it. Um, and I'm so thankful that you like uh, took time out to talk to us today. Um, and uh, appreciate you coming through. No, it's it's been such a pleasure to be on be on Chrissy, and I I really love this podcast. I think it's gonna be, um, I mean it already is, but just continuously um, great for for the sports professionals out there who who are really just trying to, um, you know, take it to the next level. But then also, like you said, like just the title title of this podcast, it's not a game. It's not just a game. Like there's way more to it, um, and I think that's an important message to get out there. Yeah, I definitely appreciate um, you saying that uh, because it meant a lot to me, you know, just kind of creating it because I I really wanted like a collective so that people can share their stories so that people kind of realize like this isn't just ballers or, you know, Jerry Maguire and all this other stuff like that people think it is this like surface level, shallow stuff. This is real life is the real industry. People are living and breathing this game every single day. Um, like we are. Mm-hmm. So like, um, and I want, you know, people who, who want to get in the game, you know, and who are in the game, they can know how to level up. They can, they can know how to get started, everything, you know? So I really, you know, appreciate you seeing that vision there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Uh, you could just do me a favor too. Could you um just uh, remind everybody where to find you again? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys can add me on LinkedIn. Um, I think it's linkedin.com slash n slash A-D-R-I-E-N-E-B-U-E-N-O. And then we, we could take it from there. Awesome. All right, Adrian Bueno, uh, the sports coach, um, young mogul coming up. <laughs> uh, really appreciate you coming through. Um, I will chat with you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.